This podcast is not suitable for work. If you're under the age of 18, kindly and with all due respect, get the fuck out. I mean it. Go on. Bye-bye. Mm-mm. See you later. This isn't for you. Nope. Mm-mm. America has a strange relationship with sex. We're obsessed with it, but it terrifies us. We censor it because it's constantly being shoved down our throats. But our dirty little secret is we like things shoved down our throats, especially when we're in bondage or we're wearing leather or being slapped around a little bit. And, oh, <clears throat> I'm Sunny Megatron. Join Ken Melvoinberg and I as we explore, dissect, and demystify American sex. Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness, American Sex, with Ken Melvoin Berg and Sonny Megatron. Ken, do you know how much I love PeepShowToys.com? More than a gaslighting husband. Yes, I do! <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, that's a you really... Love the, and you love them more than cake. You love them more than oxygen. I do. I do. And I do love them also more than a gaslighting husband. I love them more than Aquaman. We, before we Did turn, you hear me? I love them I more heard, than Aquaman. Oh, damn. That no. means a lot. Before we turn on this microphone, he was gaslighting the shit out of me. For two seconds. For two seconds. But Peep Show Toys would never gaslight me. Because I love them and they love me. They're a small, independently owned online pleasure products retailer committed to selling only quality toys made of body-safe, non-toxic materials at fair prices. Peep Show Toys carries a number of indie sex toy brands like The Butters, Split Peaches, and Funkit Toys. You know, companies that are similarly committed to offering body-safe quality sex toys. And they've always got great deals and promotions going on every month. So they're just wrapping up their pride sale. It ends tomorrow, the 19th, 18% off. Go to peepshowtoys.com. It's amazing. But they've always got great stuff marked way down in their hot deal section. That hot deal section doesn't end. So right now, they've got deep discounts on some of my favorite toys like the Jimmy Jane Form 2, the Jopin Comet 2, and the Lalo Sona is only 69 bucks. And what's even more awesome is my 10% off discount code, S-U-N-N-Y. It stacks with these discounts. Yeah. And you can use that code to get 10% off everything at peepshowtoys.com. Now, I'll have a link to those hot deals in the show notes, or you can simply just go to peepshowtoys.com and click on hot deals in the top right corner of the page. And by the way, Peep Show Toys, thanks for being so awesome, unlike my gaslighting husband. <laughs> <laughs> so hi ken hi sonny so you gonna gaslight me some more we're done with that no we're oh, done with that oh i love you now i love you too i love you as much as people should <laughs> as much as are you sure yeah hi everyone i'm ken melvoin bird and i'm sonny not being gaslighted anymore by her husband megatron <laughs> really yep really yep okay and welcome to episode 46 of American Sex Podcast. This week's guest is... Lily, my girlfriend. Yes, and us too. And us too. I didn't even think about us being... We're not guests. We're the hosts. Well, we're kind of guests. We're not guests. We're sort no, of guests. not at all. We're, well, we're the hosts. Whatever. We're, we're going to be here one way or the other. How are we guests? <sighs> all right. So Lily, <laughs> Lily is Ken's girlfriend. She is a 30-year-old artist that resides in Ohio. She's been dating Ken for three years and has two other partners aside from Ken, one of which she lives with. 
And she also loves H.P. Lovecraft, astronomy, dinosaurs. It's like I made her in a lab. She is so fucking awesome and incredible. This is a good conversation. And we went really long. I think this is our Guinness Book of World Records for the longest interview ever. Um, but we had a lot of listener questions that we answered. So we talk about how we make this open marriage work and this open relationship between the three of us. Lily and I get to ask each other some questions that we had never really had the opportunity to sit down and ask each other. So it's kind of like a raw, you're right in the moment there conversation. And then, yeah, we got a bunch of listener questions. So we answered some of those about you know how Polly works in general how our relationship in particular works. And then we dole out some advice to listeners who are experimenting with their own open relationships. So this is a really good one. Do not miss this interview. But first, Ken. Yes. It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time for nobody because we got no Patreon family members this week. But... (laughs) (laughs) So thank you to... Blank. And blank for joining our patreon family this week but those of us who are patreon family members we still love you and we still appreciate you a lot yes and we're at 76 patreon members right now and if you remember we made that bet where if we get to 100 by july 5th we're gonna beat the living crap out of each other and hey we got some makeup to do because this i think this is the first week we've gotten no patreon people in like months and months and months and months and months and months i know maybe we're shadow banned on patreon no seriously some shits with i know that was your window to talk oh shit oh my god no seriously some stuff has been happening now on patreon with sesta fosta there are some other sex bloggers that have had their patreon shut down um i'm hearing some fetish models now are having and that don't have explicit content at all on their patrons they're getting shut down our friend ruby Ryder. Yeah, Ruby Ryder, Ruby Ryder's Pegging Paradise uh, podcast. She has had her Patreon shut down. So, God, I hope that I didn't even fucking dawn on me. You're brilliant, Ken. I'll let the gaslighting go because you make up for it in your brilliance. But yes, please, we have a Patreon. Notice it because I don't know if we're shadow banned or it's going to disappear or what the fuck. So, and one last thing, Ken, before mm-hmm. we head into the interview, tell them what we got going on. We are teamed up with Castle Megastore to give away an Ojoy Lily Rose silicone thrusting rabbit vibrator. Oh my God, that's so many words, but it's so going to make it orgasm. To enter, go to SunnyMegatron.com slash Ojoy. That's O-J-O-Y. And holy San Francisco, California, you can also get 20% off select items at CastleMegastore.com and use the code Sunny. That's S-U-N-N-Y at checkout. All right, are you ready to get to it? Here comes the threesome. It's not really a threesome, but it sounds It so- is kind of a threesome. All right, here we go. Here's Lily and us. Well, everybody, our special guest today is my girlfriend, Lily. Now, we're going to have a special episode today about poly relationships in questions revolving around our lifestyle. A lot of my family doesn't understand this, and I was hoping, actually, that some of them would write questions in, but they really didn't. Um, But I saw a couple of comments on them, and I think it's just lack of understanding that might help people out a little bit for if like a poly relationship style is new to them. So the three of us are here talking about this. I have my lovely wife, Sunny Megatron, on my right. That's me. I love you, Ken. I love you, too, sweetheart. You're my wife. And my lovely girlfriend, Lily, is on my left. (laughs) And so we are going to be talking a little bit about our poly like lifestyle, how we kind of got this way, how the different experiences that we have and that sort of thing. So Sonny, why don't we start with you? Oh, me. Okay. So 
you know, it's kind of weird because I have, this is my first open relationship and we entered this relationship open. Like I wanted to be open in a past relationship. I wanted to open my relationship. My partner was like, are you crazy? So I didn't do it. So when I met you, I was already like on my dating profile. I was like, no, never a monogamy again. And like when I was younger, like some of my first thoughts of relationships and sex and all that stuff had a very open vibe. Like it wasn't monogamous, whether it was sex or not. And I don't know if it's just that's natural or like I was thinking back to my grandparents who were married at one point, divorced eight years before I was born. He had a, you know, by the time I was born, 1971, he had a living girlfriend. They lived in the same apartment building. So my grandfather lived upstairs with his girlfriend and my grandma lived downstairs and they visited each other every day and everybody got along and his girlfriend and my grandma got along. But I don't think they were fucking though. Like there, I really honestly don't think there was fucking happening. But I think they were friends enough where it was a very comforted level. Like they were like, they they were all family. Yeah, they were all family. Yeah. And they had that relationship. I grew up with that vibe where like, I remember when my grandmother died, my grandfather like, jumped on her casket and made out with her dead body it was oh, that's a whole nother podcast i would but... totally make out with your dead body <laughs> thank you, you to know that. but hot. yeah it is kind of <laughs> hot um but i think her lips are sewn shut because she was embalmed and you know and that would stop me how <laughs> i don't know <laughs> anyway so maybe i grew up with just that understanding not even in a sex way but in more of a an intellectual relationship companionship way that there wasn't like jealousy or weirdness i don't know if that influenced me but here we are now and I I don't normally call myself polyamorous because I look at the poly community and I don't feel that they're people like me. Like I call myself non-monogamous and I I don't know what it is. Like all the poly people listening are like, fuck you. But you know, not only does it tend to be a lot of kind of like, you know, crunchier granola white people, like we all love each other, there tends to be a lot of toxicity. A lot of poly people know the principles, but when it comes down to it, they're having all the weird toxic relationship problems that everybody else does. And it's kind of like, I see a lot of people jumping on the bandwagon who maybe are in uh, a relation, you know, formerly monogamous relationship that's hurting. And they're like, we're going to be poly now and that's going to fix everything. And then you just have a group of fucked up people. And so that's why I've never really... I don't know, associated with the quote poly community before. And also I look at us and I'm like, we're so on the surface. So like poly heteronormative, like some of the questions we got from listeners were like, what's it like that Ken has two women? Don't you, you know, I was, like- I was just going to say the number one question that I'm getting from people is how can Sonny let me be in a relationship with another woman? And I want to, I want, before you answer that, before either of you address that, I want to just talk about the definition of when we say polyamory, what do we mean? And I'm just going to go with the the standard dictionary definition. Polyamory is the philosophy or state of being in love or romantically involved with more than one person at the same time. That's it. There are no other rules. There are no definitions other than that. Uh, The biggest problem I have with polyamory is that it is a combination between Greek and Latin words mixed together, which shouldn't (laughs) exist in nature. But it is not being polygamous, where you're being married to more than one person at the same time. Right. Did your definition say anything about, like, ethical non-monogamy, like, with the knowledge? No, Because then that's cheating. I don't agree with that definition of polyamory. To me, polyamory is having multiple 
loves, relationships, whatever, with the full knowledge and, you know, endorsement of all of your other partners. Because if it's just having multiple, that's like, you know, you're cheating uncle or whatever that has a bunch of girlfriends okay on well the here's, side. A, here's another definition since the first one that i had didn't wasn't to your <laughs> dictionary liking. i don't like that one is okay, this a better this next one? one polyamory is the practice of or desire for intimate relationships with more than one partner with the knowledge of all partners involved it has been described as consensual ethical and responsible non-monogamy yeah, I like that one. That's one's good. Okay, so it's, okay. It, it does vary a little bit. I think that the problem there is that, and I agree that it is not addressing the full consent and knowledge of all parties involved. Like cheating is not polyamory. Like polyamory does involve the knowledge of all parties involved, being both consentful, negotiated, and being communicative and aware, so everybody knows what's going on. Um, so, Lily, what did you think about, or what what do you think about uh, people that ask the question, "Does Sunny let me do this sort of thing?" The word let is kind of a huge, like it's kind of in red for me. Um, So it, I would want to ask between both of you, like, what is your dynamic in that regard? You know, I feel like you guys kind of make decisions for each other. So that's it's just a strange question in that regard as far as letting. So do you feel like that's that kind of fits you guys, you know, is where my head is with that. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good point. Uh, for me, it's, we don't let each other do anything. We make propositions to each other about, Hey, I want to date this person and I want to go on a date. Are you cool with that? And she says yes or no, but to this date, I don't think you've ever said no. You, you've kind of give a couple people side eye and you're like, I don't know about that one. I give her two weeks. And when you say something like that, it makes me think, okay, I'm just not going to bother because you have better instincts for my partners than I do um, when it comes to that sort of stuff. And you you don't let or not let me do anything, but you put the ball in my court and let me make my own bad or good decisions. Right. I, I think I, I, I let myself be in an open relationship. And that's as far as the letting goes. Like I treat you coming to me with like, hey, what do you think of that person? As I would treat one of my best friends coming to me and going, that's what I want. yeah, like, hey, what do you, what do you think of this person that I'm going to date? Do you think they're okay? What, what's your opinion? Da, 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 da. I give my opinion. I mean, technically, and I, and one of the questions we're going to be answering, like, at the end, we're going to, we have a whole bunch of listener questions we're going to answer. But one of them was, do you have veto power? Which means your partner, your primary partner has the ability to say, eh, no, I don't want you to go out with that person. And I, I think even though technically we have veto power over each other we never exercise it and i think it's it's I, unhealthy I don't, I, I don't think i ever would i think that we both it's sort of like people that play hardcore bdsm and don't have a safe word because they've developed the point of their relationship where they're past the need for that i don't think we need a veto we, we have it but we don't need it right i think I, both of us have enough common sense to know what the other wants desires and needs i trust your common sense I, and i trust yours because you have way more common sense than I do. <laughs> <laughs> but but like I think you know a lot of people get into polyamory, non-monogamy, whatever you want to call it for yourself and they think like I'm safe because I've got veto power. And I think if you are relying so much on knowing that you've got veto power in your back pocket, maybe you're not as emotionally healthy in your non-monogamy as you think you are. If you still are like, aha, but I can always say no, you know, like he's mine that you're not good. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I do. And I it just that I don't think that model applies to like we, we just may not have the best definition for our style of open relationship. And I, I don't know how else to put it, because it's unlike a lot of other people We're I think we're we're poly role models for a lot of people. Hashtag TM. Yeah. Kevin Patterson. <laughs> Sorry, go Kevin look Patterson. up Kevin Patterson. We're not stealing your thing. Kevin. No, no, no. We're promoting you, Kevin. We're not stealing. Uh, but we, we are role models for a lot of people that say, I want to have a relationship like yours, but our relationship is kind of hard to define because it's me and Sonny in relationship with multiple people. And I think that Lily is, and, and it's interesting, we've talked about this through the years where I've had multiple submissives. I've never had a girlfriend right. as long as I've been with you. Lily is the first girlfriend that right. I've had in all the years that we've been together. Um, so knowing that a little bit, let's hear from Lily and let's hear about your poly story. How did you start becoming poly? So I, I, I started po- being poly before I knew that there was actually a word for it. Um, and, you know, I kind of would just, I would see multiple people at, at the same time. And I didn't exactly practice ethical, you know, um, ways back then but it, but I didn't know uh but so within the last decade it, you know is when I've been more educated as far as knowing what it's ethical and what works for me and the other partner but yeah so that was probably like 10 years ago I met uh Nam which is my other partner and we just kind of went from there I it was it's been a really bumpy road since then but uh I've learned a lot and I've definitely developed a, what works for me in that regard. The origin of why I think it works for me is when I was really little, um, my mom used to uh, date multiple guys and uh, I, I never, I didn't know anything, you know, like whatever until I got older and I realized like, okay, maybe that's kind of where some of that comes for me. Like the comfort, I don't know, like it, I don't know how to describe that, but so it's just kind of works for, that's how it works for me. Like as, as far as, um, just being poly, I, 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 I fuck it up, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I fuck it up all the time. And then, you know, that's just how it kind of becomes what it is. So do you, do you have any response to, uh, people that have a problem being poly and having veto power? Like, do you think that Sonny or I, like with her being what I consider my primary, is that an issue for you? Does that upset you at all? Or does it threaten you that to know that Sunny has veto power? Is that something you're actually worried about? No, not at all. Um, I barely even think about it. You know, if, if we, when we started, I think that if, if there was a, a, like a hierarchical, hierarchical, I can never say that (laughs) word. (laughs) Um, then obviously that would have been something that, you know, whatever, but it's, it's not an issue at all. So, and I think that's because like, and I know everybody says this all the time, but communication is such a key. I think that we talk about communication more than most couples, either poly or monogamous or anything. Now, now my story about how I became poly has a, a lot of it has to do with the response that I saw with failed monogamous marriages again and again and again, especially with my mom, I saw that she had relationships with first my dad, then my first stepdad, then my second stepdad. And all of these were problems if they had better communication they could solve if they were more open in their relationships. And it's the same with all the different people in my family that I saw that have had failed relationships is that they don't communicate well, they don't talk well with other people, and they don't look at 
polyamory as something that is a potential lifestyle choice because it is an other, it is weird, it is something that is a, a bit on the outside, but I see all these people that are in relationships and they just shouldn't be in them and they're staying in them because of a mortgage or children. And that's it. Yeah. That's the only reason it's not love. It's mortgage or children. So then when I was in my first marriage, we were kind of explorative, but not definitively poly in that she wanted to have me and she wanted to, to have sex with other women. And it was just sex, not like a girlfriend. It was more correct. Of a it was thing. more of a sexual thing. And she didn't want me to be able to do the same thing unless she was part of that threesome. So there was a big control factor, which I was like, well, I want to have, you know, partners on my own on the side with where I can have one-on-one -on -one contact with them. And she goes, well, you can do that with men. I'm like, well, I'm not, you know, I appreciate that, but I'm not attracted to men like I am to women, you know, on the Kinsey scale, you know, women are like a nine men are like a two, you know, I can find men attractive. It just, I've never wanted to date one. Um, if I get drunk, I might've made out with a guy or two, but that's really the extent of it. There hasn't, you know, there's been a little exploration, but nothing more than that. Uh, so it really wasn't a fair equation for me saying that I could date guys, but not women when primarily I'm interested in women. Yeah, I think. And like, you know, both of you said watching your mom's dates and like, I watched my mom date, but I, and I think that I looked at her more of a don't, you know what I mean? It was always very toxic controlling relationships and and one of the things that i noticed right away about monogamy is like i own you and the control especially that men have over women in heterosexual relationships that i just was not, and i saw non-monogamy solving a lot of those like a lot of the control issues that specifically men have over women in those type of relationships can be eliminated with not only the communication required with non-monogamy, um, but just non-monogamy by design doesn't allow for, I'm not going to let you, or I own you, or you can't, or your decision is actually mine kind of thing. I just realized that Lily has a very special type of relationship called non-monogamy, and that she only has one nom in her life. <laughs> <laughs> um, and for anybody who thinks that either of these uh, beautiful people that I'm in a relationship with is weak or they're being forced to do something. Believe me yeah, when I no. say I cannot force either of them to the thing that I love about both of you is that you're so fucking strong in mama bears in protective and your people that have your own will very much. So even to my detriment, sometimes there's times when I would not like it to be so strong, but it is. And I think that's one of the factors like you're both smart. You're both sexy you're both very, very strong-willed, and I like those characteristics in people better than anything else, and you're both very loyal to me, and right. I and I love you both for that, and those are the things that, you know, but I, I can't make you, especially Sonny, like, there's no fucking way I can make you do anything. Yeah. I can ask you nicely. And I, I can be like, shut up, Ken, I'm not going to do that. Yep, <laughs> yeah. you could be, or you might be like, yes, Ken, I will do that, but grudgingly. You know what I hate? <laughs> I hate that we are you know, like you said, you know, hashtag relationship goals or role models or whatever. And, and we're so public in our polyamory. And right now, we look like a stereotypical, almost um, polygamous sister wifey type of very heteronormative configuration from the outside. But that's not really what you know, that's not all of us or all of what we are, but we look that way. Well, so that uh, yeah. irritates the fuck out of me. It, it does, except for Nam kind of throws a wrench into that. Is it okay to say that? Yeah, that's she, okay. Okay, yeah. that she's trans? Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah that's fine. We're too late now. <laughs> <laughs> and, we, and we love you, Nam. 
Love you. <laughs> yeah, but like for me, I don't ever see me having a partner like Lily's your partner and not because you won't let me or anything. I don't want that. No, you don't want that. Like, I'm just I gonna don't... say I cannot imagine I can imagine you having a fuck buddy every now and again yeah, or, or a submissive. Or, or or a partner like I wouldn't mind having a partner that I'm very close to, like relationship wise, but that partner has to be one of those partners that can understand me going, I'm busy. We might not talk for three months. And yes, that's Carla. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't fuck. That's the thing. Well, I'm Everyone's just saying, been like, what wanting you... to see us fuck for years, but we don't well, fuck. I so. want to see you fuck, but that's a different story altogether. That's just like, you're both very lovely people and it's something that would be hot, but like, you know, she's as close to a hetero life mate as you have. Oh, totally. Totally. But that's, that's what I need in, in poly relationships. Cause I don't, I, I, I don't like just people for sex either. I like somewhere in between, like they're kind of, emotionally connected but not too emotionally connected because i have enough shit going on i have kids i view i i don't need another person i have to tend to every day to me that's not fun where to you it's fun and i'm like uh, have fun go you know no not for me so all right lily when you first started seeing ken was this your first poly relationship where you were with somebody who was not only married but had kids and if so how did that affect the situation um it didn't affect it in any way um it is the first and that's pretty cool uh but it doesn't it is what it is it just i don't really feel any kind of particular way it's interesting you know i think that it gives it character and it makes it what it is it's unique and beautiful so i don't feel any kind of way about it you know being here this weekend um it's cool because I'm around everything that's in you guys' lives. And that I love that no matter what it is. So, um, and there's a, our house is very busy this weekend. So our youngest daughter's best friend is hanging out with us for a little bit. And we have both of our kids in Lily and a dog and three cats. And it's definitely not a quiet house, but it's a fun and loving house. And I think that's one of the things is it's probably a little bit easier that the kids aren't really little either because they're, Almost 17 and almost, how old was yeah. old? Almost 23. 23. Yeah. Oh my God. That makes it a lot easier. We could all go out for a beer. Yeah. Well, not the youngest. <laughs> well, no, but yeah. She would want the beer, but she can't have one. She could, she could have a kitty cocktail or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> so now, all right. So this is a time where we can, like we, you and I talk lately. Like, you know, we're, yeah. I wouldn't say we're like, we talk all the time, but we Snapchat right. and we message and this, yeah. that, and we yeah. know each other. So like, now is the time you can sit down and ask all questions and I can sit down and ask all questions. So do you have any like burning questions that you've been curious about or wanting to ask me, but never had the opportunity for it to come up? I wish that I could make a noise of like unraveling of a giant piece of paper. Just to be over dramatic and silly. It's but the no. question scroll. <laughs> but um, let's just imagine it for, for a character. Um, I do have a couple questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so we all have boundaries and needs and whatever. Um, how often do you guys uh, revisit that? Or do you just do it on as an on, as needed basis? I would say we do it on an as needed basis. Like you're pretty good kind of checking in every once in a while being like, are you cool with this? Are you cool with that? Or how, just how you feeling in general? Or do you want to talk about blah, blah, blah? Emotions don't run on schedules. 
so I think you have to kind of do it as needed. I mean, just, that's just my personal opinion. If other people want to do it their way, but like, you, like nobody's emotions are like at three o'clock on Thursday afternoon, I'm going to be upset. Fuck that. Nobody knows when right. in the, in the history of ever has nobody ever planned when they're going to be upset. And I think, I think we're pretty good at having uncomfortable conversations. So, oh yeah, we, we do. And I do it as needed. Right. I would there say there are some people that. And again, like this is why I like non-monogamy because it's it's quote normal to have these difficult conversations about your emotions just like it's like hey, how's the weather, you know? And so I think when we either of us have a thing, we're just like, "Hey, I'm feeling a thing." Or maybe we're feeling a thing, but and it's like a negative kind of thing, but we don't even know what it is. We can say to each other like, "I'm feeling some kind of way, and I don't know why, but I just want to let you know, do you want to talk about it?" Like so I don't think we have problems, you know, talking about that at all, really. Not really. I mean, even last night. Um, so Lily was spending the night here. Lily and I were sleeping in our bed and you were sleeping out on the couch in the living room. And I wanted to go check on you every now and again, not because I was worried about you being jealous, but because you were a little sick last night. And I was right. more worried. That was sincerely, that was my biggest worry. It's not, are you worried that there's another woman in my bed? I was worried that there was, a, you know, a pain in your side. Right, right. And like, and and for those listening, like, I didn't get kicked out of my bed. I we snore, so I often sleep <laughs> on the couch. So it wasn't really. I was like, when I sleep in the bed, I'm like, oh god, I got to sleep in the bed. I'm not gonna get we, no we sleep snore, tonight. Yeah, we snore yeah. each other away from the bed. That's just how it is. We have like in a in a perfect world, we'd probably have Ricky and Lucy beds. Yeah. Oh, totally. I would love that. I would totally even like next door neighbor bedrooms. I might even and go Sunny, for that. You know, doesn't like, like to be cuddled really tight, and so like she, you know, she sleeps better on her own. Yeah, I like sleeping. And to be honest with you, like at first it was like, oh, you're going to be sleeping in the bed. And I had like, and I think it was just like a leftover like monogamy thing. Like someone else is sleeping in my bed. Wait a minute that I never sleep in any way that, you know, and I was like, why am I feeling? And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. And then I was like, I'm cool. I'm actually glad that you brought that up because a little like shred of me is just like, because I, I don't know. I haven't actually visual. You talk about it all the time, Ken, about how you guys snore each other, you know, right. that you don't sleep in the same bed, but it's still, I don't visually see that. And this is the first time that I'm seeing that. And uh, that paired with like sleeping in you guys, you know, like hotel just, rooms. Yeah, You've seen us sleep before, but not here. Right. Yeah. yeah so. I, you know, I have a little bit of like, is this okay? Like, you know, no, it's totally so. okay. But honestly, like I had a minute where I was like, you know, I, that instant knee jerk reaction, like some other woman sleeping in my bed with my man. And then I was like, where is this coming from? I'm like, this is coming from years of social conditioning. And I'm like, right. this is stupid. And I just took a minute to be like, wait, this is stupid. You know? And I was like, I'm cool. It's fine. You know? It was that last night. No, that was, I think, I want to say it was like, I don't know, a week ago or something. And like when you first brought it up. Oh, okay. And then it was. And I just had, and you, you were like, is that okay? And I mean, I'm like. A little jealousy is normal I'm like, I natural. think so. I'm like, let me just sit with that for a minute and like figure out where my feeling. And it, it wasn't, it was almost like I wasn't having strong feelings, but there was like a little bit of feeling. And then I was like, where's the feeling come? Where are the, you know, and well, I just I think had those to like, jealousy gremlins poke their head out yeah. just a tiny bit and they, yeah. they can do that to you. And it's interesting because having Lily come over here and spend the night isn't just as easy and saying, Hey, Sonny, I'm going to have Lily come spend the night. It's making sure that the kids are aware of what's going on and that you're aware of it and that everybody's kosher with it. And right. It was a lot of not negotiation, but just informing people and making really sure, like in my heart of hearts, and this has nothing to do with you guys, but I want to make sure 
I'm not hurting anybody's feelings in the right. house. So I checked with both kids. I checked with you and I was pretty certain from your reactions, nobody was hiding anything or no. holding back. And I think that it was a positive for everybody overall, because you're pretty communicative, even with like our youngest on Snapchat and you like talk back and forth. Right. Yeah. If you don't talk to our older kid, it's because she doesn't talk to anybody in the universe, not even us. Yeah. Yeah. She's very antisocial. Okay. What else? Is there anything that you feel that hasn't been approached yet? As far as in the past or uh, that's overdue that you, I don't know, you guys are pretty, the way that you guys are, you, you talk about things right when they happen. And I really appreciate that. But do you feel like there is, is any kind of weird milestone or something that um, might need to be talked about or hasn't been talked about at some point? I don't think so. Um, like the, I, the only thing that I can think of is, is there ever a potential for us all to live in the same household or in the same neighborhood or anything like that? Like, I think that is the only thing that we would need to look at in the future. Like if we move to Henderson and you also move to Henderson, the question is, are you moving in with us? Are you moving in in your own house? Do we want to live as a small commune? Like what, what's going on? And I think the answer right now is none of us really know. And we just need to talk about it a right. little bit more. And I'm, I mean, I'm open to whatever, like I'm not, I, I don't have any feelings either way. It's like, I, I'm very much a, a like logic minded and it's like whatever makes the most sense for everybody, you know, and, and like you've had a submissive who has lived, granted was a girlfriend, but a submissive that has lived with us before, actually twice, <laughs> twice. Yes. And it's awful. Anyway. Yeah, it was awful. But, but I was fine with it. Like it was more awful. On your end. <laughs> like, I'm like, I had somebody to and talk let me, to. Let me clarify. And- it wasn't that they were awful people. Um, the people that were my submissives that were living with me in order for them to live with us successfully took my office as their bedroom. And so I no longer had an office. Yeah, It wasn't that that they were awful people. It was awful logistics. Yes. It was fine when the submissive moved down underneath us in her own apartment. It was not fine when it was in our apartment because there's simply not enough rooms for all the people in the house. Right. And Sonny and I both need offices. Right. So So what do you think about that as far as like milestones of things that we haven't talked about yet? (laughs) I wasn't prepared for that question to come back. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We're turning the tables on you. (laughs) Uh, No, I mean, I just kind of, whenever things happen, that's when they happen. And I think that I share the same opinion, like as far as, you know, if there's going to be like the move. Yeah. Anything like that. That's the only thing that I can potentially see in the future, but I don't think that anything's been left behind. I like where we're at. Yeah. So, yeah, my big, my only concern about all of us living together, too many goddamn cats. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of cats. <laughs> so I think one thing that I actually appreciate about having you in another relationship specifically, and you can tell me if you would wish the same would be back at me, but like when you are with somebody else, and I think this, and I'm not, I don't mean it like you personally, it's more ustedes. When somebody is in a relationship with somebody else, I think it keeps like the asshole meter in check. Like, oh, I said that earlier yeah. today. Like, I know that I'm going to be treating you nicer and the kids nicer if she's around because I'm going to be in my best behavior. Well, and it's not even relatively so much that. best behavior as best behavior as Ken can manage. No, it's not. It's not even so much that. It's that when you are in a relationship with one person, they are the person who's the closest to you. So you are always the meanest and the most raw, and you don't hold back. Oh, for sure, with, with the you. person that yeah. you are the closest to. So, like me, you, and the kids can be fucking dicks to each other and like, are we all are of us every assholes. one of us and when you are especially the most in- common thing that we hear in our house once a day is what yeah no but like <laughs> when when you are in a relationship with one person continually sometimes that bad behavior 
starts snowballing and it becomes worse and worse and worse because there's nobody to keep it in check. Or like the other partner, and I'm, I'm not saying one partner is always an asshole and the other one never is because they, you know, most times they take their turns. But let's just say in one situation, you know, partner A is being an asshole, like repeatedly has gotten into some bad behavior that's like kind of toxic or snowballing or whatever. And then person, what was that? Person A? Okay, person, person B is like, at least this happens to me probably because I've been in so many abusive relationships where I've been gaslit, like second guess yourself like, okay, am I being a dick by saying that person's being a dick? Or am I starting to imagine this? Like what's right? Like your calibration gets off. You know what I mean? And when there are other people that are close in your relationship, and I'm not even talking about partners it could even be like having kids like because you can if your kids are old enough like our kids are older we can be like all right wait a minute okay you saw was i the asshole in that like you can kind of deconstruct with someone so like i like that when you have other partners it will illuminate to yourself like oh i'm really being a dick when i'm doing this all the time or you know what i mean i I have a hard time saying and i say 99 percent of the time I'm probably the aggressor in things in you and the girls identify negative behavior in me. But there's that 1% of the time, like last week, that I felt I was completely in the right. And all of you were wrong. And, I, and I'm pretty good. About, and I think all of you would admit this, that I'm good at owning my fuck-ups. Yeah. And I very rarely say, I didn't fuck up this time. But this time I did say, I didn't fuck up this time. And I was in my mind being rational. You guys simply didn't agree with me. And I think we had to agree to disagree. But that one time... Out of one million, that was like the only oh, time. Yeah, totally. that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not trying to make it like personal. Like no, everybody's no, no, no. got. I don't, I don't think it's personal. Right. And I am the aggressor most of the time. I do have anger issues. I am trying to work on them. Uh, I'm d- trying to be the best Ken that I can be without being completely terrifying and assholeish to everybody around me like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. I'm a Kenosaurus Rex. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and I'm, you know, and I'm. <laughs> <laughs> Are you making little Tyrannosaurus arms? Yes, Which is this isn't video, arms. so like it's not. Uh. But okay, so it, it also sounds like I'm saying like, ooh, I like there's another partner there, so I can gang up. No, it's not that. Like I don't want to go with you. Like, hey, Lily, isn't Ken being a dick? And it's not. It's like you go off and do your thing. But I think you, and again, I don't mean you personally, but anybody who's in a relationship sees themselves reflected differently in another person, and it For makes sure. you more self aware on your own, having nothing to do with her. And I talking or anything like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. What do you think? Yeah, um, yeah, I, I agree with that. Well, it's interesting that I've been with Lily long enough now, where I don't think NRE is still a thing, like new Which relationship, is new relationship, relationship energy, because we've been together for uh, like I don't even know how many years. We isn't that awful? Is it like, like I'm three? a worst boyfriend ever? Is God. Three hours, six days, 472 minutes. Seriously, uh, is it like three years? I don't even know. Is it like three? I actually have a timer on my phone. Right that would be awesome. Do you really? <laughs> no. Okay. That would be so awesome. <laughs> like, you know, this is the thing about Lily. She's my number one fan. Like every time that I look at you, not only do I love you, but like, I know that you stalk me and it's endearing to me that you do that. <laughs> and I know that you take creeper pictures of me and that's endearing. And I feel like I have my own personal fan with me everywhere that I go. It's awesome. Aww. She's like my little cheering section and I get blowjobs. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's take a break. And then... When we get back today, okay, so we went on social media and we're like, oh, this is how it happened. It's not like we planned this episode. It was like yesterday. It's like, hey, huh, Lily's here. Huh, we shall do a podcast. Huh, yeah. Okay, so then today it's like four hours before we're recording this. I'm like, 
huh, do you think I should go on social media and ask people if they have questions? Huh, yeah. So we did that and went on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and got a bunch of questions from people that they have either about polyamory, about our specific relationship, and some of them even ask advice about their own relationship. So we're going to talk about all of those when we get back. Hey, did you know American Sex Podcast has a Patreon page? Becoming a Patreon member is a great way to show your support for this podcast. It works kind of like, I don't know, funding for National Public Radio or how PBS works. If you appreciate our work and the fact that we provide it to the world free of charge, then you can help support it. And as a member of our Patreon family, you'll be eligible for nifty, cool rewards like bonus episodes, surprises in the mail, and more. Oh, and you'll get all of our episodes early, bonus stories from guests, and access to our private Patreon feed. So you thinking about it? You want to know more? Check out all the details at patreon.com slash American Sex. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash American Sex. Castle Megastore. Once you see their sex toys, you'll want more. I have no idea if Castle Megastore actually has a theme song, but I really dig Castle Megastore. So that's my gift to you, Castle, your very own theme song. And you listeners get a gift, too. If you go to CastleMegastore.com and use discount code SUNNY, that's S-U-N-N-Y, when you check out, you will receive 20% off your order. That's amazing. Castle Mega store. When you get your sex toys, you'll be on the floor because you'll be using them so much and they'll be so awesome and you'll save so much money. You'll get more than one and then you'll climax for a really long time and you'll just be passed out and you'll be like, oh my God, give me water. Those are the best orgasm ever. And we're back with Lily And Lily. us. And us. We're the guests. We are the guests. All three of us are the guests this time. You're absolutely correct. And we have questions from the internet. So, Sonny, why don't you lead us off and you be the voice of the internet for us? All right. So, first question. How do you separate any DS dynamic, which is dominant submissive dynamic, you might have from any relationship issues that might come up, especially if the issue has something to do with the other relationship? Is there protocol in place for, quote, take off your dom hat because this requires discussion beyond my compliance? Or do you find it unnecessary because the dynamics don't overlap? Now, before like we start talking, I just want to reiterate, yes, for those of you who don't know Ken and I, we are kinky. We are both dominant. Lily also happens to be kinky. You, you identify as a switch, right? Yes. So which is dominant, sometimes submissive, other times just depending on the situation. So, yeah. So to answer that question, I would say that this particular relationship doesn't, although we have BDSM fun, I don't think there's a strict protocol of a DS dynamic between Lily and myself. It's not like she calls me daddy or sir or master. It's more of we simply have fun together. We all three of us will do scenes together at conventions. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm your dom. You know what I mean? We've never really talked about that aspect of things, although I am dominant with you. What do you feel about that? I kind of think you're everything. I guess like all of those things lumped into one mm-hmm. um, whenever the situation like creates itself. I don't know. It, it, like you could be any of those things, but it just depends on what we're doing. You know, like 
I don't even know how to describe If there's like a toilet or a coffin around, then I'm a dom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I know in, in some of your past relationships, it has been not not like a girlfriend relationship, but it has been more of like oh, no, it's been a more dominant proto- submissive. Pro- yeah, dominant submissive. And it's been protocol driven where like I use. So this is just an example of things I don't do with you. I use like every submissive that has served with me. I give them a like a mead marble composition book and they have to write everything about their sexual lives in it, like all of the details of that. And then if they fuck up or they there's a punishment involved where they're having to write lines, the lines go in the book and it's part of their sexual exploration and journey in a way for a limited amount of control to be. And and again, this is all negotiated ahead of time and talked about, but I don't want that strict 24 seven adherence. I like our organic relationship as it is. And like when it's right to be dominant, I'll be dominant when it's right to be not dominant and just be a, a regular human being, then I do that. And I, that's sort of, yeah, I completely, I'm right there on the same page with you in, in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine making you write lines over and over and over again. Cause I just think you would get to a point where you'd be like, fuck you in your lines. <laughs> I think like at first I'd be like, Oh, that's kind of hot. Yeah, oh, you like, would like it at first. Oh, oh yeah. And then I would get really, oh, okay, I'm over this. And I would probably like tear up the fuck. <laughs> I agree. You would. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of my submissive, just texted. Not. Oh, what did he say? Or she? He? She? She? It depends on you know. I know. That's I didn't know how we how should. they're dressed at the moment. Yes. Uh, was supposed to wear underwear to the office today, women's underwear, and take a photo, and did not. So. You know the coolest thing about your submissive? Can I say that on air? What I don't do know think? what it is. <laughs> that she doesn't know who you really are. Yes. She knows you as a, long as a pseudonym that yes. I'm not going to release. That's like, and I'm going to say this to everybody. You can go out there and look, but you'll never guess. Sonny has a pseudonym yep. and a secret profile and nobody knows what it is. And this person has no idea that her dom is somebody famous. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. I love that. Yeah, that's kind of awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever reveal her what I do. It's going to be in some dramatic, mind-blowing way. If, if we do, let's have her on the podcast anonymously. Yeah, that would be awesome. Anyway, <laughs> all right. So, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Excuses, excuses. These texts keep coming by uh, with the panties and whatever. Okay, so what are the biggest disagreements you three have, and how do you handle them? I always hear the happy face stuff. I want the gritty shit. You know, I don't know if there is really much gritty shit. I mean, the hardest thing is just those hard conversations, but we sit down on a hill somewhere or in a, on a couch and we cry and we talk about it until it's resolved. And I think we're all pretty good at that. I don't like, think at this I've point. had crying. Like, I just, I don't know. And it may be part of it. Lily and I have, though. Yeah. Maybe part of it for me. And I mean, you and I have early in our relationship, but I think oh, I'm just sure. like, whatever now. But, and that might be part of it. Like, I'm older. I'm like, I don't really care. You know, I'm not that I don't care, but I'm like, I'm like, all right, whatever. Like, I things roll off my upset by less than yeah things roll off my back a lot easier like i really choose my battles and there aren't really many big battles like we're pretty chill with each other well plus you you have to have a good understanding of who i am to be in a relationship with me because i'm sort of like a you know like i said like a kind of like a dinosaur and like you know how to control me yeah yeah like i can be really angry really quick i can be confrontational quick and you know how to deal with that and use it to your advantage. So if you need me to be a bulldog at somebody, you point me in a direction and I'm bulldogging them. And if you need me to be more subdued, I try my best and don't always succeed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here's another one. 
Uh, is it hard for you? And this is to me to share Ken with other women. I know I couldn't do that. LOL. And honestly, I like it because I I like not having to be everything for you. And I like being not let off the hook, I think is a bad way to put it. But like, I'm not a big cuddler. And I know you really like like light sensual touch where I'm like, don't touch me like that. It tickles. So you have someone you can cuddle with. So I'm like, good. I don't have to try to put up with the shit that I'm like, I don't really like this, but I'm doing it because I love you. You can, you know, do it somewhere else. And that makes me happier. And you know what? I'm actually not a big cuddler. I want to cuddle you, Sonny. And I want to cuddle you, Lily. That's oh. it. Like, I really don't like cuddling. So I'm still other... depriving you by not cuddling with you. You are, but like, that's who you are. And it's what you like to do. And it's like, I, I want to love you physically and emotionally in the way that you want to be loved. So that's why I always say that, like, petting your arm and touching you, I have to, it's like rubbing peanut butter on a panda <laughs> that I have to do it. I, like, I have to touch somebody in a very specific way, firm yet uh, even strokes, yeah. just not like I'm removing peanut butter, not pokey with the fingertips, I have sensory more issues. palm than finger. Yes. And it's like even distribution, like I'm rubbing peanut butter off from a panda's fur. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I mean, and there's, again, there's that like, you know, let or share, you know, I'm not letting you do anything. And I don't feel like I'm sharing you. I'm getting 100% of you. You are. In fact, I'm making sure actually, you probably get 110% of me, because I want to make sure that if anything is going to be happening, that's a sexual adventure that number one, that you're either invited in or you're comfortable with it before it actually happens. Yeah. You need to be secure in what it is that I'm doing, and I have to know that you're secure before I step forward with it. And I don't think that that's ever been a problem with the dynamic that we right. have with the three people that are involved with it here. I think also one of the, you know, monogamy teaches you to have this scarcity mentality that I am sharing you. I am now, there's only, you know, so, uh, a very finite part of you available, and I typically There is get, infinite dick. No, well, <laughs> that I typically would get 100% of that if you weren't partnered with somebody else. But now since you're partnered, I, I, I'm I only getting 50% of you. No, I'm still getting 100% of you. And you're also lately getting 100% of him. Yeah, And you're getting it 100% when you want it and need it as opposed to dictated by a schedule. Right. All right. How did you all meet? I know and part of this is like, how did you meet? Have you discussed, had you discussed poly previously? And if not, how was the subject brought up and approach? And I think when you met, it was like automatic. You were knew that you were right. Or am I assuming? Answer the question. I'm not going to answer for you. Go ahead. Go. Who, me or her? You, because you haven't talked a lot. Oh, boy. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, it was kind of, I don't know, it was kind of creeperish. Like, <laughs> on my end, like, I seen you and then, like, I really wanted to talk to you and then I didn't talk to you because I was a chicken shit and I just kind of stalked you a little bit. And then, uh, yeah, I, I messaged you and then we went from there. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, at one of the AIS events. I think it was Cope or was it Winter Wickedness? Yeah, it was, I can't remember. I always mix them up. I think it was Cope that we first, cause like Sunny and I were both Scope and you were like, Oh, Oh, we were in the pool. I remember that. And we're like, who's that? Oh, oh, look at the dress. Look at the thighs. She has a fucking squid tattoo on her back. Oh my God, there's tentacles. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's HP Lovecraft stuff. Cause like I have a huge HP love. The only thing that could make you better is if you had an I heart Aquaman stamp on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a computer made Lily and like all the right things went in and we were both checking you out and we thought you were just adorable and cute and I wanted to play with you, but like I didn't know if you were even. You know, like, and I always assume 
everybody is not poly until I find out that they are. So I don't like approaching people a lot of times. And so it's a difficult dance with us being educators and responsible for major parts of our community because there's a lot of pressure put on us to be responsible for other people's actions in addition to our own. And we get yelled at when somebody who's a friend of ours fucks up and does something wrong. And we have to own part of that as members of the community and potentially, you know, curb our behavior. So it's really hard to invite somebody into our personal lives because it's very vulnerable for Sonny and I to do that. And it's something that I don't think a lot of people realize. So yeah. we, we very carefully take a look at people and we want to make sure that they're 100% poly, that this isn't a cheating situation. That or it isn't like a fangirl kind of like, oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, she is kind of a fangirl. Well, that's I mean, okay. but, but you were a fangirl <laughs> and some. Like that, that it's not someone who's just like, oh, I want to be with you because you've got a TV show or you're whatever, you know, like. Yeah, no. When I first seen you, you like had your, your you put your swimming robe on uh, and you were like leaving the pool and you like, you looked at me and you smiled and it was like this warmest smile. I was so happy. And that's when I was like, oh, I got to get on that. <laughs> And that, that's actually my like my awkward way of flirting with people. I'll only smile and I don't say anything because I'm so worried about – I was really afraid to approach you. And a warm smile is about the only thing that I can do be, just because I'm so concerned with, you know, ass, like assaulting people with my personality, with me saying the wrong thing because my default setting is always wrong. Like I – like, And also like in, you know, in this community, it being some someone who's kind of a celebrity, you know, I guess celebrity, I'm not modest. I'm like, no, I'm not celebrities. But a lot of people see us that way. We have um, – we're in a higher position of power. So it's like the the there's that power imbalance there where if someone is kind of like in fan mode and we're like, hey, do you want to do X, Y, Z? Are they really fully thinking about what we're asking to do and really consenting with all of their being and all of their consideration? Or are they just like, oh my God, yes. And then they they agree to things that maybe they don't want to, or they feel pressured because they think we're so important and they can't say no to us, like that sort of thing. Well, and actually, I think about it the the reverse way, because I have a hard time when people approach us and they want to play and I don't feel comfortable saying no to people. So I feel obligated sometimes to play. And it's hard for me to, to figure out where obligation begins and where desire ends. I don't want to offend anybody. And that's the, the basic because I have every privilege in the universe. So like, first and foremost, I want to make sure I'm not stomping all over somebody either because of a position of power, a position of me being cis, hetero, male, Caucasian, like all the things that I have privilege with. I'm I'm genuinely worried about that stuff. I don't know what, what is right to approach somebody. So when they approach me, I just sort of take it with a grain of salt. So like in first and foremost, I want to let everybody know if you want to play with us, don't stop asking. Just we need to make sure and we need to have a system set up for us to feel comfortable in order to play with people that we don't know. And it's not something that any of us are looking for right now, because I would say that there's a great word that I just learned not too long ago, polysaturated. And at this point, I'm not looking for a submissive. I'm not looking for a baby girl. I'm not looking for any more members of a poly family. I'm not looking to fill up a roster. I'm really fucking happy for truly for the first time in my life where I don't feel like I need to look any further than the two women that are next to me right now. That's all I need. Yeah, And for me, I get approached by men a lot and men usually aren't my chosen play partners. Like right now I have a submissive that's a man most of the time, depending on how he's, it's a whole, he's a sissy. It's a whole thing. But, um, (laughs) 
that's not my typical MO. So usually like 99% of the time, if you are a cis male and you approach me, I don't want to play with you. So you're one of the chosen few, Ken. I am. I'm pretty. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much like not. I'm like man. Ugh, like you. You got grandfathered in it's because I'm Ken Stina. It is. It is. <laughs> I don't. I'm kind of. I kind of share that. Like I don't really. Um. I don't find a lot of guys or whoever I might kind of have be in my radar. I don't really. I don't pick um anybody really often so nobody really stands out so i don't know you standing out like that just never happens so it kind of gives a, a unique like i share that with you know yeah. you're a special cis man ken uh, look at you i am i am i'm very loved and i and i feel just i feel blessed for somebody who's an atheist i do feel like they're like i'm so happy and so blessed right now i just like more than anything else i don't want things to change in any major way i'd rather just have the status quo for the next 50 years yeah. until I check out. Yeah. Okay, this one's for you, Ken. How do you decide how much of your sexual needs are met by which partner? Does that change or has that changed with this? And do you have a sexual hierarchy? Um, my sexual needs are sort of curbed by myself. Like I'm pretty good about masturbating and seeing when my partners want to play and what they want to do. Uh, first and foremost, I want to make sure that they're happy because I'm pretty self like serving for the most part, yeah. and, you know, a lot of times, multiple times a day when Lily comes over, I know that she is more sexually driven than either of us is. And so I don't masturbate a lot before she comes over so that oh. I have enough come that actually makes a difference. Really? You have a really high sex drive. I mean, I know I have, I have a low sex drive. That's, that's no secret, but like you're a high sex drive person. Uh, only when I, I'm around. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm bring it not out trying in. to be over drag, but yeah, it's true. So Aww. no, but that's it, you know, and part of it is that she's much younger than us. So yeah, you know, and that's and that's can we say how old you are? Yeah, that's fine. How old are you? I don't even know. I know you're I 30, 30, I was just kidding. 30, <laughs> 30. She's, 29. 30? she's okay. 29 and I've, I like going forward. I have to take a year for every year that she ages. No, so like I I'm will, 30. No, no, no. You're 29 oh. and I'm going to be 50 now. Oh. I'm taking that extra year for you, bitch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind. Take your year back. You're now 30. Fine, You're not 29 anymore. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Okay. See, that's how you know that I really love you. Go fuck yourself. Oh, thanks. Aww. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to direct this at you, Lily. Is there anything in particular that trips your jealousy switch? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I don't really have anything that comes to mind immediately. Um. I know I don't like, I, I don't know, respect is a huge thing for me. So I, I try to make sure that I'm giving the respect that I hope comes back. So that doesn't really answer the, the jealousy thing, but I don't know, just respect. And, you know, people are going to get jealous. Like, right. you're if you're not getting jealous and that you should probably be assessing why. Um, but when it happens, I talk about it, but nothing in particular really kind of jumps out and that is trigger like, oh my gosh, this is the number one thing that, you know, really gets me. Um, right. You know, I, I do notice when we're at conventions that like, Sunny, I don't think you care as much, but if a, if a new girl comes up and she's looking at me a little bit thirsty, you give her a little side eye. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you don't say anything. You're not mean, but you're definitely like, who the fuck are you and why are you talking to Ken? That's my mustache, not yours. Yes. I, and I have a whole conversation with myself. It's kind of like <laughs> it could just jump in my head for one second. Yeah. It's, is it real? Am I, am I like, it's okay. Just calm down. <laughs> so. and, and that's all completely legit. Oh, okay. I think so. I think it's completely legit for her to do that. Yeah. Oh, totally. I think so. Like, like you, like you said, jealousy is going to happen. If, if jealousy is right. not happening, I mean, for some people, they're not jealous, but it's very, very, very rare. I, um, and like, we have a friend who, you know, is neurodivergent. So like his jealousy doesn't get tripped just because of the way his brain operates. Oh, yeah. Um, Definitely. but you know, for the average person, you're going to get jealous. And if you're not getting jealous, ask yourself, why are you suppressing something? Like, are you, are you fooling yourself? Like, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really important on how you handle the jealousy when it happens too. you know, um, that's, you know, are you being irrational or, you know, are you taking, assessing like what the root is, you know, and trying to tackle that is really important when you, when you approach it. So. And Sonny, really quick, can you define neurodivergent? Um, someone who isn't, well, someone who isn't neurotypical. So it might be someone who is on the autistic spectrum, um, someone who has like sociopathic tendencies, and that's not always a bad thing. Right. It's not a bad thing, but like somebody who may be unable to relate to something like jealousy, for example. Right. Or like, um, you know, lacks the ability to empathize with other people's feelings or read other people's feelings. That makes sense. Here's another question. I assume that many would perceive you and Sonny to be in a primary uh, relationship. And if that's not, you know, the right descriptor, say what it is. How does that affect Lily and or how has it changed over time as your relationship with them grew? I think that's more of a Lily question. Um, I'm going to kind of go and like piggyback on what I said before about respect entering this um i like i treat it any kind of way that i feel like i would want to be treated you know um i respect you and your area and you know if like for example sleeping in the bed last last night Mm -hmm. um you know i still had that little twinge like is this okay but i mean we're all adults here i'm if if it wasn't okay then you wouldn't have told ken you wouldn't have told me that okay no we actually discussed you bringing a cot and like other options rather than sleeping in our bed right Right. yeah and so like yeah and if it wasn't okay i wouldn't there comes the let let it happen i guess without saying something and having that discussion but we had already had that discussion and it was okay right so Yeah. yeah For holidays and birthdays, do you ever feel a bit of a challenge on who gets Ken the best gift or like gets his time or? I think, um, no, like, I know 50s coming uh, mm-hmm. for you. And that's, I definitely want to like do something. No, it's mine. That's my, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Your face was like, oh shit. <laughs> That was funny. I wish we were on video right now. <laughs> we also both were fucking with Lily's head, yeah. so that's awesome. Hashtag sadist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so, yeah, that's kind of a big thing that's coming up. But in the past, um, I mean, I would say, like, we've been kind of, I would say probably almost three years or something. So, you know, it hasn't really been, I don't know, as far as your birthday. Like, I wish that um, we could do more. But, you know, it's just kind of been progressing like i hope to be a part of it and 
like some kind of a cool way this year, you know, for right. the big five O, but you know, one of the other things is I, I really don't like traditional holidays very much. I'm not very much a holiday person. Like, even my birthday, like, I'd rather just be left alone and smoke pot and play video games all day long. That's heaven for me. Uh, but I do like anniversary birthdays, if that makes sense. So, like, my 40th, my 50th, I think those are kind of a big deal. And I very much look forward to seeing what we're we're going to do. And, like, I'll, I'll definitely think about what I'd like to do on top of that. I yeah. think that there's a number of things that we can all do together. But uh, I don't think that there has been any issues with us with holidays at all, because most of the time it's like I spend holidays here with the family. You're in Ohio. For yeah, the most part, I think the distance like there's yeah, there's, there's a couple questions like, how do you manage your time? Because you hear about um, poly people who have a, a Google calendar and they're all trying to divide out their time. And they're like, yes, love is is infinite, but time is not. And I think for us, we really don't have that issue because you live in another state. It's, you know, the time is very carefully thought out and parsed out when you're in town or you go out of town to meet. So, and I don't know how, and I I don't think though, even if we lived in the same city, we, but we've never had issues before parsing out our time, No, but really. it's because I don't like people. So I don't really have like, you don't like people and I don't like holidays. Yeah, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm never going to be like, I have three dates this week. I don't want that. Like, fuck that. That's too stressful for me. I want to have a person that I can get together with sometimes and maybe fuck or maybe not fuck or whatever. And they can hug me tightly like a panda because I don't like cuddling. And that's it. Like, I'm not, it may be a submissive and, you know, we do our long distance thing every once in a while. That is more than enough. So I'm never, ever going to have an issue with you know, not enough time for my partners. Yeah, for sure. Like for as far as holidays concerned, I fucking hate Easter and I fucking love Chinese New Year. So I'm backwards from most human beings. I think those are my my least favorite and most favorite holiday, which I don't think either of those. It really matters to anybody if they spend time with me on those days. Although Chinese New Year is, is a lot of fun. We need to spend time together on that day, Lily. Yeah, I made sure to mark my calendar so I could call you that day. <laughs> All right, like two more questions and then a question for uh, advice for somebody else. So uh, another question is, do Sonny and Lily have their own relationship, be it sexual or non-sexual. How do they bond as metamors? And for those listening, a metamor is like Lily is my metamor, so it's my partner's partner is your metamor. Um, was there ever a time when they had to overcome conflict with each other without leaning on you, Ken, to solve it for them or make the peace? And what did they learn from that experience? I don't think we've ever had conflict. No, no. no. Yeah. So sorry, we don't get to answer that. So what is our relationship? Like we have had sexy time, but with Ken, like not, not us together. Right. Yeah. Um, like we've seen a little bit that it did involve some sex stuff. Like mm-hmm. we, t- and, and I don't know, we talk on social media. It's not like, Oh, we talk on the phone every day or anything like that. Yeah. We're not like best friends, but we don't hate each other. Like, right. Yeah. We, yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah. That, that puts her like above everybody else in the universe right because i have no friends and and i don't it's not like i have no friends i have no friends by choice like i like my internet friends i don't have in real life and, friends and by the way she has some real friends i just, do but i don't sp- i, I don't doesn't spend time with them. i don't have friends where it's like oh every week we go out to lunch or did i i will go for six months without going out with any of my friends and i'm perfectly happy right. and you do that like, like you go to lunch with your aunt dion and with carla and that's pretty much it yeah 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 so i i don't so the fact 
I probably see you more than people I've known, you know, for 10, 20 years. So, <laughs> and I hardly see you. So look at that. All and, right. And by the so. way, if the two of you ever wanted to do sexy time alone without me, I'm fully in support of that. Like, I don't care. Like, I would like you guys to do naturally, organically what's good for the two of you. Right. And it would not bother me in the least. Uh, and I'm not somebody who's like, I've got to watch that because it's hot because it's my wife and my girlfriend. I think that like sometimes people just need that one-on-one energy. And if that's something that you guys ever wanted, I'd be in support of that in whatever way you guys would deem it necessary. Has Ken ever had a tough breakup with a girlfriend? And I, I love how they assume like you you have the breakups, but I, I, I honestly don't because I don't like people. But um, have you ever had a tough breakup with a girlfriend? And have you, meaning me, been involved in that healing and moving on process? I've had two bad breakups, both with women that were gothic strippers with the stage name Raven, coincidentally, both of them. And they were both hard breakups. You were that was in, before me. No, you were involved with the second one indirectly. You were. Oh, we had just started dating. But though, you were, you like, were, you were the person that was healing those riffs. Oh, I didn't realize I was because absolutely like, you were. Oh, cool. Absolutely you were. You you had come in and you had helped me at a time when. Uh, the person that I had after a 10 year marriage, uh, that ended very, very badly. Uh, then I went into another relationship almost immediately without really examining what I was doing. I was sort of blinded by that person's sexuality as opposed to looking at her as a whole person. And that's on me. And I think that part of the reason why that relationship didn't work and why we're not friends anymore has to do with me not screening her more carefully. Yeah. All right, so... And that she had the stage name Raven. <laughs> Just saying. How do you tell your family? Ken, you're pretty much out. On Facebook. Yeah, you're pretty much out. And a couple family members are like, what? I don't get it. Or well, they I've, I've always silently been, look, work I've always been, Yeah, I've always been like a weirdo or an other person. And people like, I don't think that there's anything that I would do that people would say, I'm no longer your relative. It's more that like, that's Ken. He's just fucking weird. Yeah. And they just sort of accept it. But they, you know, like my, my aunt Val, for example, is somebody who comes in, she'll comment on the Facebook page and she goes, you fucking weirdo. But what she really means and what's unsaid there is it's not an insult. It's more, I love you and you're weird and I accept you for it. It's just not a lifestyle choice that I would want for myself. Now, I know that's a lot of unsaid stuff in that little sentence, but people don't know my Aunt Val and they don't know what she's like and I love her to death. She's, you know, she babysat me when I was a little kid. She's always been amazing to me and a very positive force in my life. We may not agree on everything, but I know that she loves me and that she cares, even if the comment offhanded seemed like she was upset by what we're doing, but that's not what she meant, if that makes sense. Right. So what about you, Lily? Does your family, friends, work, like, how out are you? Um, So I don't have a lot of family, but they know that I have multiple partners because um, I'll refer to this person's name and that person. Do they name. get it or are they just like, you're a slut, I don't get it? No, actually, they're really quiet. About it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll mention this person or that person and they'll kind of have like a confused look on their face. But I have told them that I'm in an open relationship whenever they get that confused look on their face. And I think my grandmother asked me straight out one time, like, what are you talking about? Why are you, you know, so I told her, you know, I'm in an open relationship and it, that was it. You know, she doesn't ask any more than that. And if it came to it, like, you know, uh, where they asked me, sure, fine, I'll explain it, but I'm not going to push it on them in any kind of way. So, right. You know. 
Yeah. So has, I, I'm just curious, has anybody ever given you side eye because you're in a relationship with a married man? Now, regardless of what we call our relationship, are they just looking at this like you're devaluing yourself because I'm married to another person? And they're probably like, ass- you'll never get him completely. Right. And, and, and I'm assuming that those people would assume that like you're not going to get the full attention that Sonny or, or, you know, anybody else would in my life. Has that ever happened? Yeah, it's happened a couple times um, where it's kind of been like, well, he's married. You're never going to, you know what I mean? That whole whatever. And I immediately get pissed off. <laughs> and then that's pretty much it. <laughs> well, I think that a lot of people don't realize that it's just a fact to you. Like I have a gray beard. I have blue eyes and I'm married. Those are all things that are true, but they don't really affect you in any way, shape well, or form. I think yeah, also yeah. people who are raised, you know, to think monogamy is the only option. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know, and, and monogamy is right for some people. You know, I'm absolutely. just, I'm just wrong of the inherently. opinion, right. I'm just of the opinion that monogamy is absolutely right for some people, but I wish everyone knew that they had a choice. Cause I think there's a lot of people who are monogamous who, if they realize they could be something else, they might choose the something else. But people who are raised monogamous are raised to think that every relationship has an end goal, which is to get married, have the babies, buy the car, get the dog and the 2.2 kids and, you know, the, yeah. the house and, and to just the thought that a relationship might not end in co-home ownership and a baby is like mind-blowing to people like what you know i think it's mind-blowing to older people like us like gen xers and older i think that it's a little bit more mind-blowing in my experience just and this is completely experiential it's nothing that i have data on like just the other day uh and somebody who's completely an independent friend from the burlesque community uh who's not a sex educator who's not in the poly or bdsm lifestyle just had an open question what do people think of the poly lifestyle? And her mostly vanilla friends were the ones that were responding to the thread. And almost all of them were of the opinion that people that are in the poly lifestyle tend to communicate a little bit more that it's not a perfect lifestyle and it's not a bandage for a broken monogamous relationship. And that it seems to be positive for most of those who are in it. But, but a lot of them, especially the het women were saying, I can see it having advantages, but not for me because I'm too jealous. And it was almost exclusively hetero women that were responding that way. Interesting. So for me, my family thing, I never had a big family up until recently. That's a whole story. But I have my uncle left who's 90, who's like a gay leather man who's used to having open relationships and it's nothing he was like oh good for you like when i told him he didn't yeah he care. didn't care about that um so he's like me too but I, my all my partners have dicks and you know but um <laughs> it was no big deal and then i recently a number of years ago found a whole other side of my family through a dna test so suddenly i have siblings and aunts and uncles and a lot of that uh, side of my family is very religious. There's like pastors and deacons in the church and nobody has come to my face and said like, I don't get it. You're going to burn in hell. But I know there's got to be that back channel talking behind my back. I really don't care. You know what I mean? It's like, whatever, I'm living my best life and having a good time. And if you think I'm going to hell, like that's on you. Like I'm an atheist and yeah, that doesn't affect know. us. And, and it's like, that's like somebody telling you you're going to go to Valhalla. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, you know, for my family that members, would be way cooler. Just, I'm just saying there, if you tell me right. I'm going to Valhalla, I'm assuming that's a positive, not a negative. But, you know, I'm, I bet you there are family members who are going to listen to this episode. Like I'm going to find out what that open marriage is about. That's weird. And da, da, da. And hi family. Um, I know you're listening, but 
I I think it's awesome that their lives are their lives. And I have relatives that are pastors and that are very religious. And I would never tell even though I'm an atheist, I would never tell them like, you're wrong there. It's like, get on with your bad self. You're happy with your life, believing what you want to believe and living the life that you're living. Let me do the same thing. That's all like we can we can all have our thing. Yep, I agree. So last question. This is a bit of advice. So this person wrote in, we are new to an open relationship. Like every relationship, we both struggle with jealousy from time to time. My partner sometimes feels as though I am seeking others because he is, quote, not enough. I feel like it's really toxic to continue moving forward in an open relationship, even though that's what my heart truly desires. He insists on continuing to maintain it. So any advice there? Um, there's, there's a couple of things there that I'm not hearing and I, and I don't know the people's background story or why they developed into a or a polyamorous lifestyle. But when you go into an open relationship and it's something that's used as a bandaid more often than not, when you're using a change in sexuality or relationships in order to fix other issues in a relationship, it's not going to work because you need to go to therapy and you need to fix whatever those communication relationships are. That's not going to make you a better communicator. It's not going to make you stop peeing on the, the you know, the toilet seat. It's not going to make you stop putting the cap on the toothpaste right. incorrectly. Like all the little it's the and it's the little things that we tend to argue about in the history of ever has nobody ever argued about anything truly meaning and substantial. It's mostly like, I'm mad at you because of X, Y, Z. Don't you know how to wash the dishes? Exactly. <laughs> you know, don't you know how to balance a checkbook? Like, like that kind of a thing when in reality, and then when they try to do that and then like fix the relationship with something with sexuality, it's not really going to help. But uh, if you're not feeling compersion and compersion is the opposite of jealousy, it's like watching your partner and happy that they're getting some sort of emotional or sexual fulfillment. If you're not having that feeling along with the little twinge of jealousy, this lifestyle might not be right for you. Right. I mean, there are sex positive, poly friendly therapists out there. Get yourself to one. There are and there's nothing wrong with therapy. It just helps you sort stuff out. There are great that there's like the jealousy workbook. There are a bunch of poly workbooks. There's got to be some self work to be done. And I don't mean self work in like, you're not being poly enough, you need to be better. Maybe the self work tells you poly's not for you. Maybe you're trying to, you know, get sexual freedom but you realize that maybe the the sharing your partner on an emotional or mental level isn't for you. If you are feeling that you are not, you know, quote, man enough because your partner is with another partner, that's stuff that you have to sort out. That's in you. And when you sort that out, you'll figure out whether polyamory is Yeah, and I I would actually say to the person who has the issues, if they have a problem, not with just other men, but if your partner is bi and they have problems with any gender of person, it's not just if it's like, you know, and what I have found in the past is that people that are targeting one particular gender as an issue, why they feel uncomfortable, the problem isn't being poly. It's that that person is completely insecure in themselves. Right, right. And I think that. Whenever you're trying to resolve these sorts of issues, you want to you want to work out all of the communication and all of the other issues. And really, I mean, making things like a yes, no, maybe list or even making a pro con list of the relationship stuff of the things that are positive and the things that are not so positive 
can really help you sort of outline what might be a good next step. But like, as Sonny mentioned, therapy is first and foremost, if you have a doctor for your body, having a doctor for your mind only makes sense. It's just an extension of that. And I would, I would definitely recommend halting the open relationship. And, you know, if either halting or slowing down dramatically, just depending on what your exact situation is. But I think, if you're coming from a place where you still have a lot of stuff to sort out and it's not necessarily emotionally healthy, continuing to date and adding new people to the equation isn't a good idea until you get all that sorted out. Yep, I agree. So what do you think, Lily? Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's definitely not a Band-Aid. I'm right on board with everything. And it's it's tough because there's there is a lot of people out there that try it just for that purpose. And I mean, I'm all for trying things, but you just gotta, you gotta be cautious. You know, one person might be poly deep down in their roots and the other person might not be enforcing that. It's, you know, it's, it's a tough ride to try to figure that out. So. Mm -hmm. And, And to be honest, I'm a pretty firm believer in like attracts like, and I think that either people are poly or they're monogamous and it's important to make sure that whoever your partner or partners are, that they match that criteria. Because if you have one poly person and one monogamous person, ultimately it's not going to work because you have different end goals there. Yeah. And to and I think to be non-monogamous, you need to be really secure in yourself, which is, I'm not saying you have to be perfect, but if there are a lot of self-esteem issues or I'm not good enough or that person's better than me, there's no way to make that go away unless you reconcile that within yourself. Yeah. And just so everybody knows, like before Sonny and I even called each other boyfriend and girlfriend in an open relationship, we took a solid year before that even happened, before we said, I love you or boyfriend or girlfriend until then we were just sort of dating. Right. And I was also like, I will never be monogamous ever again for the rest of my life. And so we went into it that way. All right. So as we wrap up, this is now going to be our longest episode to date. Woohoo. Lily, any last anything? I think we didn't cover that you feel we should. No, no. But I think that we did pretty good. Yeah, I think we did good. I think we did good too. All right. So until next week, Friends, what are they called? Friend, American sexites, American sexians, American fuckers, <laughs> American fuckers. Till next week, American fuckers. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag SciChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.